You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio and also on the Big Blue View YouTube channel. Coming to you on Friday, June 10th, after the Giants completed their mandatory mini camp, which is the end of their off-season program. Great time to, uh, to assess what we learned about the Giants throughout the spring and here to help me do that is good friend Patricia Traina of Lockdown Giants and Giants Country. Patty, uh, welcome to the to the show, and uh, and and welcome to to our our summer schedule. Yeah, we made it, Ed. And you before you know it, it's going to be here and gone. You know, it's it's less than it's about six weeks, and I don't know, man. It's the fastest six weeks that that fly by on the calendar. <laughs> I don't know, Patty. I was I, I was looking at my to-do list this morning and I'm like, there's an awful lot of work on this to-do list considering that considering that that we're into the uh, the summer schedule. Players are are heading off uh to uh, to enjoy their summers, but but I got a I got a long list of stuff to do first. <laughs> I do too, but I hope you get some golf in because I know how creaky you can be if you don't get your golf in. Yeah, but I get crankier when I play bad, Patty. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh. I play bad more often than I play well. So, oh. <laughs> you know, but 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 at least it's a nice walk. There you go. <laughs> All right, Patty. Let's uh, let's talk Giants. Let's talk about a few things that that we learned throughout the spring. Obviously, the Giants are starting over with a new uh, new regime new gm and joe shane new head coach and brian dayball just uh let's start with with thoughts on brian dayball uh after uh, after watching uh, him throughout the spring good approach very laid back but not so laid back that he gives off that aura of i don't care he's kind of rolling with the the uh, tide if you will so I think he he came in and he said, okay, look, we got to get used to these players. They got to get used to us. We've got to figure out exactly what we want this program to look like. We we have an idea what it's going to look like, but we've got to really drill down and get to the details. And I don't sense that Brian Dable has been stressing the little things that maybe some other head coaches might stress, you know, like the injuries, guys missing time. Um any changes that have had to be made in the practice schedule, all that stuff. It's, it was defined. So coming into the spring, his goal was let's make this a teaching camp. Let's make this all about what us getting to learn about the players and the players getting to learn about us so that when we come back for training camp, 
in July, we can hit the ground running and we don't have to sit there and still be figuring out who can do what. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I've had a couple of interactions with with Daybolt throughout the spring that just sort of personal, funny interactions with with Daybolt that that never happened with Tom Coughlin or Ben McAdoo or Pat Shermer or Joe Judge. He's he is a more laid back personality and one thing that I noticed throughout the spring, in addition to that, is he hasn't issued proclamations like we're going to do this and 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 this is the plan and it's step A, B, C, and D, and and this is how we're going to get there. He's been more like, you know, I know generally what I want it to look like. I'm just coming to work every day. We're just trying to make progress. We're just trying to get there. And I think you're right. He hasn't, he hasn't you know, stressed over the, over the tiny things. Um, it's a much more, it's a much more relaxed atmosphere than it's been for a while. Uh, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully that benefits uh, the giants after, uh, after a few bad, bad seasons. Yeah. I mean, listen, when you are constantly on edge, when you're constantly walking on eggshells, guess what? You're going to perform with that fear of making a mistake and you're probably going to make a mistake. Whereas if you're relaxed and you know that you will be forgiven, if you make a mistake, you're going to tend to perform a little bit better. You know, it's like, you know, I forget what the expression is, but you ever like take a test and you're so nervous about it and you overthink things and then you go in and you you end up failing the test. Whereas if you just go in and say, okay, look, I did the best I could. I studied as much as I can. I'm just going to take it and whatever happens, happens. And you tend to be, you, you tend not to overthink the questions. So it's kind of the same thing, I think, here with what Dable has set up. You know, there is a sense of urgency. I don't want anybody to, to get the wrong idea and think that, you know, Dable's just in here and is all fun and games. There is a sense of urgency, but there's also a sense of, look, we're going to learn together, we're going to grow together. We're going to make mistakes together, but we're going to also fix them together. It's not going to be a situation where, oh, if you screw up, that's on you. It's not on me as the coach because I didn't teach you properly. So that's a big, big difference. And I think the players appreciate that. Yeah, I've noticed it. You know, he, Brian Dable has been really upfront when it comes to Daniel Jones in particular, stressing the fact that he wants, you know, Daniel to play freely and that when it comes to this time of year, when it comes to practice, when it comes to preseason, he's okay with mistakes. He wants Daniel to, to try to make some throws. He wants him to try to squeeze the ball into some windows. He wants him to find out what he can do and can't do, you know, in, in the offense and, and, and making mistakes, you know, in, in the spring is, is part of that. So I've been, I've been encouraged by that. It's not putting shackles on, on Jones or the other players. It's trying to take them off and just letting them be football players. Absolutely. And that's what you need to do. I mean, we talked about it. I think the other day, Ed Jones, you know, Joe judge, and, and I don't want to pick on the guy, but he drilled it into Daniel. Don't make a mistake. Well, you know what? You're never going to find out what you can and can't do if you don't try. And mm-hmm. when you try, you're sure to make a mistake. You know, I mean, right. everybody does. 
I tried baking a souffle. You know what? It came out as a disaster, but now I know what I did wrong and I know how to fix it if I ever want to try it again. You know, you know what I'm saying? So you sure about that, Patty? You sure yes, about I'm that? I'm positive. I'm positive. <laughs> You're questioning my culinary skills, Edward? Come on. So, um, I mean, the, po- the point is, is you don't know unless you try. And if, if you sit there and you say, well, don't do that because, you know, I don't think you can do it. That plays games with a guy's head. All right. You, you want to be able to tell the person, look, there's nothing I don't think that you can do. You know, you can do anything you want to do. You just have to try. And if you make a mistake, let's figure out what the mistake is, how we're going to fix it. And if you continue to make a mistake, then we know maybe it's not a fit for what you do well. That's what what Brian Dable has done with Daniel Jones. And that's how he's going to salvage him. You know, it's interesting. I said this the other day on my show. I said, you look at, you know, what happened with uh, David Carr way back in the day in Houston and how basically he got ruined mentally, you know, because of, between having a bad offensive line and just everything he went through. And, and you look at some of the other quarterbacks over history who've gotten ruined because they had the shackles on or, or you know, haven't been allowed to play freely. I like what Dable is doing with Daniel Jones because he's trying to salvage him and his confidence. And that's half the battle right there. Absolutely, Patty. And let's let's talk about another player who's really, really important to the Giants, a guy who's who's had some down seasons because of injury. And and, you know, in a piece that I wrote this morning at Big Blue View, I also mentioned incompetence around him. Uh, which also applies to, you know, to Daniel Jones as well. And of course, we're talking about Saquon Barkley, who we had a chance to talk to yesterday. Um, and let me let me say this. There were there were two things that I noticed about Barkley yesterday when we spoke to him. There's a little twinkle in his eye that hasn't been there for a while. There was also a smile that hasn't been there for a while as he talked about, you know, feeling better than he has in, in quite a, in quite a while, just your thoughts on, on what you heard from Saquon and what you've seen from him uh, throughout the spring workouts. Yeah. You know, there's an old saying, action speaks louder than words. And, you know, Barkley admitted that maybe he wasn't as confident or feeling like himself the last couple of years and, or, you know, it, it was a kind of obvious. I mean, if you watched him, you could see that there was a lack of confidence in the knee. You could see there was frustration in how he was being deployed and how he wasn't being deployed. And like you said, the body language just told the story. And even though Saquon, you know, tried to keep a brave face and he would say, you know, every year, oh, you know, I'm optimistic. I'm going to have a big year or do my best to have a big year. You know, it got to the point where the body language told the story. So it's interesting because a lot of people said to me, well, Saquon's saying it again. How do we know that this time it's going to be different? The body language is, is, is a lot different. And you can tell he likes the system that's being put in place. It is a system that is going to take advantage of what he does well. It's going to minimize what he doesn't do well. And um, he feels good about it. And, you know, there's a, we talk about psychology, you know, psychology here. If you buy into what, the coach is asking you to do, you are going to crush it. Okay. You could be the worst player in the world, but if you buy into what you're being asked to do, you will perform to, to levels that maybe you didn't know existed. So if Saquon Barkley can stay healthy, fingers crossed, 
he can have a really, really big year in this offense because he's being moved around. He's getting into space, which is which is a strength that for the last couple of coaching staffs, I have no idea why they went away from it, you know, and, and I'm just optimistic. And you're right. Saquon is the college guy that we, that came to the giants in 2018. He's, he's that, you know, full of confidence, that swagger, that enthusiasm, all that, that went away these last couple of years. And it's obvious have, you know, it, the giants are in shorts and t-shirts. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen any contact. There's no real blocking. There's, it's hard to tell you know, just exactly how hard the defense is going sometimes in, in contesting some of the pass routes and and things like that. But when you watch Saquon Barkley on the field, you know, back in 2018 and 2019, when we watched him in training camp, you would see Saquon Barkley touch the ball and there was a difference in the way he moved versus the way everybody else moved. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what kind of player he still is, Patty, but a lot of that difference is evident again. It looks different when Saquon touches the football than when some other guys touch the ball. Yeah, it's it's like electric, I guess is the best way to put it. It's like it's a renewed enthusiasm almost, you know, because mm-hmm. look, Saquon soldiered through a lot and, you know, I think don't think he meant to lose any enthusiasm, but when you're hurting and when you're facing uh, circumstances that don't really favor you or, or don't really give you the best chance, you're, I don't want to say he went through the motions, but you know, it, it, the temptations there to go through the motions, you're not going to have that zest for the game. And I think that got lost a little bit. Now you see it coming back for Saquon and yes, they are in shorts and shells this time of year, there is no contact no, or no, no worry about being hit or anything like that, but it starts in the spring and it's something you build up on. And I, and I'm just really looking forward to seeing how he does in the summer when the pads and contact come back. Sure. I mean, third Wednesday, excuse me, when we got a chance to talk to him was, was really the, the most expressive, the, the most relaxed, the happiest that I've seen him in a long time in one of those media scrums. And, and and that was a great sign. Yeah, absolutely. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Patty, let's uh, let's talk about 
you know, some impressions of, of players that we saw um, in the spring. And yeah, I always caution people, players don't win jobs in shorts and t-shirts in, you know, in May and June, they don't lose jobs in May and June, unless they lose them, you know, by showing bad attitudes in, in the classroom, you know, behind the scenes where we don't see it, but but generally jobs are not won and lost at this time of year. But what players can do is put themselves in, in better positions, you know, to have opportunities in training camp when the competition heats up, when the preseason games are held, when there's padded practices, just give me a couple of guys for you who might've stood out in a good way and maybe in a bad way throughout the spring. I'll give you a couple on offense to come to mind. Daniel Bellinger, who is the rookie, you know, a guy that uh, a lot of, I've seen people write that he's going to be the rookie steal. Um, So it was good to see Daniel Bellinger, you know, come in and and he's a guy they really didn't throw to a whole lot when he was in, in San Diego state, but he didn't really drop that many balls. I mean, he basically caught just about everything thrown his way and Oh, how, how refreshing that was to see from, from the tight end position, but I'm going to give you one that I noticed and I had to, I had to actually go back and and do a double and, you know, check my notes on stuff like that because I kept writing down his number. All right. When I, when I do these, these practices and observations, I write down numbers. So as not to write down names and, and become, you know, locked in on anyone. I thought Darius Slayton had some, some flashes. I mean, I, th- I thought this was the best Slayton has looked in a couple of years and, you know, Slayton, I don't know if he's going to make the roster. I, I still say he's a long shot, but I'll tell you what, the last couple of years, Slayton has been uh, bogged down by injuries. He's tried to push through them and his confidence has slipped. And I, you know, we spoke about confidence before with Daniel Jones. I thought I saw, instances where Slayton now was more confident that he was, you know, he was making plays that in the past he might not have wanted any part of. So again, I don't know that he makes the roster ahead of some of these other guys. The fact that he doesn't play special teams could end up hurting him as could the fact that he's due for a 2.5 million plus uh, salary cap hit. But that was a guy that, that I wrote down as kind of being one of my surprise guys on defense. I'm just trying to think, um, there's so many. I, I like what I saw from Aaron Robinson from what he was able to do. Now he was in a red Jersey um, for, for a good part of the spring, but what he was able to show, I, I liked what I saw. I like what I saw from uh, Cordell Flott when he had to play the slot, you know, with, with Darnay Holmes um, also in a red Jersey and unable to do team drills. Um, who else? Uh, Wandale going back to the offense. Wandale Robinson was impressive. He, he just, just a shifty type of uh, receiver who I think is going to be, I think he's going to come up with some big plays for them. I mean, you know, everybody talks about his size and oh my God, he's not ideal size, but he might be able to use that to his advantage. So those are a few guys that off the top of my head, I took note of, and um, I'm sure there's going to be more as we go into training camp, but uh, you know, outside of Daniel Jones, who I thought looked a little bit better, but again, no pass rush. Saquon Barkley, who I thought looked really good. Um, you know, those are the, those are the guys that, you know, kind of popped out at me, I think as, as being the ones that I was like, okay, cool. They're on the right track. 
It's interesting to me that you mentioned Slayton because I have said and written multiple times this offseason that in the end, I do not think Darius Slayton makes the 53-man roster. And you you indicated that you think that's a question mark as well. Mm -hmm. And for me, a guy who stood out, and you probably know where I'm going because Richie you were standing James. in the press conference when I asked the Richie James. about Richie James yesterday. I think that Richie James, former San Francisco 49er, kind of fits what Brian Dable and Mike Kafka really like. Richie James is a guy that we've seen throughout the spring get a lot of opportunities with Sterling Shepard not practicing with Kenny Galladay not doing team drills with Kadarius Tony, you know, standing on the sidelines. We've seen Richie James at wide receiver. We've seen him in the slot. We've seen him catch balls out of the backfield as, you know, lined up as a running back. On top of the fact that Richie James is an accomplished punt and kickoff returner in the NFL, I think Richie James has put himself in position to make a real strong bid for a roster spot. Yeah. And for me, for me, if everybody's healthy, that might come at Darius Slayton's expense. Yeah, I, I would agree because again, Slayton doesn't do special teams. And if you're going to be the fourth or fifth receiver, you better be able to contribute on special teams. So I absolutely could see that being a scenario. Now, could maybe Darius Slayton be a trade chip at some point? Possibly, if somebody's looking for a receiver, I mean, he's not a horrible receiver. There's no. there's been worse to come through, but you know, if a team is looking for a big receiver who can play that outside role, um, Slayton could be very useful. I don't think he's a number one. Um, I question if he's really a number two, maybe maybe a, a third or fourth guy. But you know, again, from the Giants' perspective, if you can't play special teams or give you give them something on specials, then yeah, you're right. Richie James would have the advantage over a Darius Slayton, I would think, all things being equal. And if you're going to be, you know, if you look at Galladay, um, Shepard, Tony, Wandale Robinson, if you're going to be the fifth wide receiver on, a je- on the depth chart, can they pay you two and a half million dollars? No, no, absolutely not. So you're right. But I'm just, I'm just saying from what we have seen with Darius Slayton, you know, he's declined. His production has declined every year since that rookie season. And with it, you could see his, his um, confidence has declined as well. He just looks to me like he's renewed. And, you know, we talk about Saquon Barkley getting his swagger back. You, you kind of see it a little bit in Darius Slayton. And that can be a good thing because remember, get some good film out there in the preseason Now maybe the Giants can trade this guy, you know, before, you know, you you know how there's always trades at the final cutdown date. And now you get some additional draft assets, you know, even if it's a day three asset, you might just need it. If come next year, say, for example, you've got to trade up to get a quarterback or you want to make a move somewhere along the line. So the more assets you can acquire, the better. Right. Right. Patty, let's, let's talk about a couple of other things. Just, uh, you know, there's a lot of interest in what the Giants schemes are going to look like. Obviously new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, very different defense than what the Giants, you know, have run in past years. Just 
Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Um, just your your general thoughts on on what we've seen just in terms of the way the Giants appear to be structuring their offense. Well, this isn't your grandpa's Giants offense. You know, back in the day, how was the Giants offense defined? It was a running game, you know, smash mouth, hit them with the run, use the run to set up the pass. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. I think it's going to be more of a passing offense mm-hmm. that has to do running. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to be all about passing. You're going to see a lot of balls coming out of Daniel Jones's hands quickly, which is a good thing because that actually sets him up to succeed. You know, you take some of the, the, the post-snap uh, mental processing off his plate by just having him quick get the ball out of his hand. Maybe that allows him to play a little bit faster and get into a groove and get into more of a comfort zone quicker than if you ask him to make 50 million reads post-snap. Um, so again, you know, I look at this offense and I see them trying to set a lot of guys up for success. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, you know, the receivers, once they come back, um, the offensive line, even, you know, the offensive line, you, 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 even though you on paper, it looks like they upgraded that line. We said the same thing last year and the year before, and we, mm-hmm. we know what we got with it. So if you can help them by asking them not to have to hold the block, for, you know, over two and a half seconds by getting the ball out of the hand quickly and into the hands of the playmakers, that's going to go a long way too in building up confidence. So I just see an offense that's designed to help build up the confidence across the board, have these guys think, okay, yeah, you know what? I can do this. And then they can add to it. You know, they can add the deep balls. I don't think we saw a whole lot of deep balls this spring. I think we saw a lot of shorter stuff, but the deep stuff is going to come. And you've got to walk before you run. And that's what I think the Giants are trying to do on offense. Yeah, I think the the basic takeaway for me is, as you said, Patty, this is this is not your Bill Parcells offense. This is not, you know, hand the ball to Otis Anderson and and, and take three yards at a time. This is spread the field, look for matchups. We've seen Saquon Barkley at wide receiver. We've seen formations with five foot eight Wandale Robinson lined up inside and, and Daniel Bellinger lined up outside. We've seen, you know, the, they're looking for mismatches. They're looking for interesting ways to get the ball to guys. As you said, the ball quite often comes out quickly. And what, what's one of the things we spent the last couple of years talking about with the giants and their wide receivers is the, the lack of ability to create yards after catch when you consistently run stick routes and the kinds of routes that, that have guys catching the football standing still, you don't, you don't give them opportunities to create those yards after catch. And you watch the offense now. And to me, it makes sense why they drafted Wandale Robinson because Mm -hmm. the kind of offense that they're trying to create is get the ball to playmakers as quickly as possible and let them do, let them do what they do. You know, and, and, and as you said, I think the downfield stuff will come, but the basic, you know, part of this offense, what it's going to be built around is getting the ball to playmakers as quickly and as often as possible and, and, and letting them do their thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, it helps Daniel Jones 
with the offense because he doesn't have to do as much with post snap, you know, because I, I know that's been a big, you know, detriment for me all since he's been here. His post snap reads have left something to be desired. His decision-making has left something to be desired. So you simplify things, you have him get used to it. Everybody's going to gel. And, and again, it's a matter of walking before you run. Easy completions build confidence, Patty. Exactly. All right. Let's uh, let's go to the other side of the ball. And, uh, you know, Wink Martindale is, uh, is the anti-Patrick Graham. I loved what Patrick Graham did as Giants defensive coordinator. He did a wonderful job, you know, making the most out of the personnel that he had, uh, especially two years ago. You know, the Giants defense was was really good, much better than anticipated. Uh, but Patrick Graham is by nature a bend, don't break, conservative, you know, try to try to keep everything in front of you, try maybe to disguise coverage and fool the quarterback, you know, kind of defensive coordinator. And Wink Martindale is a throw caution to the wind and, uh, leave no stone unturned in trying to harass the quarterback. So it's a, it's a much different deal and, and kind of fun. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, you saw, when was the last time you saw the team, the defense practicing stunts and twists in, in, in a mini camp? I can't I, remember. I, I hear you. And, you know, <laughs> you know, a couple days ago when we saw the Giants offense really struggle, you know, yeah. J- John Feliciano came to the podium and he, and he came to the podium cursing Martindale for doing things like, like in doing a mini wink camp, things. doing think- wink stuff. <laughs> putting you know using julian love as an a-gap linebacker yes. and yes and you know to to be honest that kind of stuff might be a little bit unfair for an offense to deal with in the first oh. week of june oh. but, but but yeah i mean i had to, i got a kick out of julian love saying you know yeah he said there were a lot of offensive guys in the locker room crying about that <laughs> <laughs> well it's about time i mean listen you know it's interesting. Every defensive coordinator, you know, would like to have his defense described as aggressive. There are different levels of aggression. You know, there's the in your face aggression. There's the, I'm going to screw with your head aggression level. There's the passive aggressive level. I mean, there's different levels. And this, I think with Wink Martindale, this is the, I'm going to screw with your head variety because that's exactly what he does i mean how many amoeba looks did we Mm -hmm. see where guys were just kind of milling around and and it's like okay figure out who's going to rush who's going to drop into coverage who's going to stay at home it's it's like that's that's just how many times could you figure it out i I know i saw a few plays and i was like i don't know what's coming so i can imagine what the guys lining up across from them probably thought you know it might be you know and blitzing blitzing and pressure packages don't always mean sending, you know, five guys, six guys, seven guys, whatever it might be. Sometimes it means sending four guys, but not sending the four guys that the offense thinks are coming. Right. And and that's, that's the hard part with, with Wink Martindale. If you're an offense is, you know, something's coming. You just, 
you can't look at the alignment and say, okay, I know exactly where it's coming from. You just can't. Right. Right. You can't. I mean, you've, you've got to have an element of surprise. And, you know, one of the things that a lot of people have said about the Giants in the past years is how predictable they've been, not just on offense, but to a degree on defense where you could, after a while, you can watch what they were lining, how they were lining up and you can say, oh, this is what's going to happen. And you'd be right most of the times. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Martindale is, is mixing things up. He's not afraid to, to, like I said, throw stunts and twists at these guys, which is great practice for the offensive line, by the way, because, you know, we've seen past offensive lines struggle with that. So hopefully this, this sharpens them up in that regard. But um, yeah, this, this is a creative defense and, and, you know, it has a swagger. We talked to Wink Martindale a couple of weeks ago and I thought Wink was going to be one of these, you know, I, I guess I was expecting, I don't know, like a Rob Ryan type of guy, but he wasn't like that. He was actually, he was engaging, confident, but not overly cocky. And there's a fine line. I get that, but, but it was just, it was like, you know, the man you felt, you felt like, yeah, this defense is going to, it's going to be a problem for some people. You, you, you know, it, it, you didn't feel like he was giving you a bag of, of win, so to speak. Right. The big question for this defense, at least in 2022, is going to be if it has enough in the secondary to hold up. Exactly. All right, Patty, uh, as we head into summer, we've got six or seven weeks, you know, before we get to uh, to training camp. Just uh, any any final thoughts uh, as we uh, as we head into uh, summer vacation? Just let's hope that everybody stays healthy out of trouble. You know, we don't want any of those big stories breaking that God forbid somebody was in a car accident or something happened or got arrested. I just want a quiet summer. You know, I've got a lot of work to do. I know you have a lot of work to do. I'm sure you're going to want to take some vacation. I know I am going to want to take some vacation. We don't need a big, you know, holy crap type of story to start off training camp. Let's just get into training camp. Um, one thing that I don't know if they giants tied up, I don't believe they signed all their draft picks yet, but I'm sure that'll get taken care of. I think they have two guys left. They have to sign if I'm not three, two, Two, I think it's two. Mm -hmm. I think the the fourth rounders, if I'm not mistaken, but you know, that's got to get tied up obviously. And, uh, you know, I, I just, for once, just let's get into training camp and not have to have any surprises you know I think we can sit here and we can probably predict who's going to start on pup you know I don't want any surprises I don't want to show up the first day of camp and say oh gosh Kayvon Thibodeau was on on pup you know mm-hmm. we don't want that we we right. want you know right we want right. it we want it to be a nice a calm one. yes nice summer would be calm. nice exactly all right Patty thank you very very much uh let, why don't you let folks know quickly if you've got anything uh, anything special coming up uh, throughout the summer? Yeah, we're going to continue. Uh, we're on Giants Country. We're we're breaking down each player on the roster. We're looking at you know expectations, the contract, the cap numbers, and all that stuff. We're going to be doing um, a, a bunch of new series. We've got like top questions, takeaways. Then over on the Locked on Giants podcast, I am on my summer schedule. So that means I'm going to be doing three shows a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm going to try and do one uh, live show, if I can, every week uh, where I answer questions. So uh, you can find that on YouTube. You can also find the Locked on Giants podcast wherever you find your podcast. So hope you'll check that out. 
All right, Patty, thank you as always for spending some time. Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. If you're listening on our podcast network, please remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe there as well. All right, Giants fans, take care and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.